0: Hello guys! We are live, I think. We're gonna try this again. Uh, This has just been a technology kind of morning. We are live here. Um, My name is Darren Smith. It's good to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us if you're here. Uh, We are gonna uh, go live here from my basement. Uh, Pastor Nelson Nisley is uh, on duty at his uh, uh, other gig, which is being an army chaplain. And so we appreciate his service to our country. Pastor Nelson also was going to try to have a Bible study uploaded today. Uh, We've just had some Facebook technology problems. So if you're watching this, would you please post a comment down below and let us know that you're here? That way we can kind of see what's going on. Again, my name is Darren Smith. We're from Tower View Baptist Church in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. We're just uh, literally our, our backyard backs up to the World's of Fun Water Tower. So if you can hear me, just post that in the comments below. We're gonna try this again as we go live, and as we do this, I'm also going Facebook to technology problems. So if you're watching, uh, also going to copy this over to our website so other people can join us. Again, thank you for joining us. Pastor Nelson is out on duty this weekend, the video he made did not go through, so we are going to try this again, and uh, we're going to go live in Luke 25, uh, Luke 25, uh, 10, 25 through 38, the the parable of the Good Samaritan, parable of the Good Samaritan. So if you want to join us with that, that'd be great, I'm going to share this on our page as we go through, if you want to find your way to Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through through thirty-eight, Luke chapter ten, verses twenty-five through thirty-eight. Hi, Jackie. It's good to see you as well. Let me share this across some of our, our, our feeds here. As we do, um, we are going to be continuing on what Pastor Nelson has been doing over the last several weeks, which is going through the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. This is part of the um, the Explore the Bible series. And we're in Luke 10 this week, and pretty much through the next three months, we're in the book of Luke. And so Pastor Nelson, as always, has done a great job leading us through that. Um, And so let me share this on a couple more places here and invite some people in. Um, If you want to share it as well, that would be helpful. That's always encouraged as as we do this sort of thing. So here we go. Luke chapter 10, we're just going to read it 25 through 38. And uh, once we see that, uh, once we get some more people in, we're going to start and we'll go from there. Luke 10, 25 through 38. Luke 10, 25 through 38. Let's read it together. I'll be reading out of the uh, New American Standard Version. And it says this. This is God's word. And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, Luke 10, And he said to him, Jesus said to him, You've answered correctly, Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among the robbers, and they stripped him and beat him, and went away leaving half, uh, him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, verse 31, he passed by the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place, saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was on the journey, this is verse 33, Luke 10, came upon him. And when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put on his own beast, his own beast and brought him to an end and took care of him. On the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said take care of him whatever more you spend whatever more you spend when I return I'll repay you which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robbers hands and the lawyer said the one who showed mercy towards him then Jesus said to him go and do the same or go and do likewise. That's God's word. It's not uh, pundits. It's not pollsters. It's not politics. It is the word of God as we do. So guys, thank you so much. We're going to go through and uh, I'm going to pray for us. And after we pray, I'm going to link some names down below, some people who were on the first video before it dropped, and and just make sure they're in with us. So let's pray together. Again, Pastor Nelson is uh, usually leading this. Uh, His video he had worked hard on, did not upload. And so kind of last minute here, we're going to go through this passage together. Thank you for your patience. It's good to see you. We will post Pastor Nelson's pre-recorded video when we're able to later this week. Thank you so much. Let's pray together, and we'll get in our passage. Father, we pray as you... Come before you, Lord, that we all things honor you. We do pray for our, our associate pastor, Nelson, who's serving, first off, you, and, and secondly, our country, and, and and those who serve our country, Lord, out in Colorado this weekend, his first weekend there on that particular assignment. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for getting him there safely. Father. As we go through this passage, open our eyes, illuminate our hearts, shine where we need to be uh, seen, Lord, in our lives, those dark places. For those watching who don't know Christ, that you would draw them unto you. Lord, thank you so much. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Judy Hunt Sucker. I see you there. Uh, for just a second, guys, I'm going to tag some names here and uh, get some folks in who are usually here, and uh, we will we will get started as we do. All right. So this is Luke chapter 10. This is the continuation of Jesus's ministry, and we are we're really in the throes of Jesus's earthly ministry, and and we're in a, a parable that you know well. It's the parable of the good Samaritan. It's the parable of things that are easily understood. We know this parable well. So I want to go through, uh, of all days for technology to crash and jump in, we can kind of get into this. First thing I want you to see, the first thing I want you to see in the first place, is that is is what happens here. Jesus comes on, on the mark, and he comes up, and the, behold, it says, a certain lawyer came to him. And I want you to note th- the first thing in this passage is that we are told, a certain lawyer asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, we know, and your Bible should say this, that he is testing him. He's testing him. He's tempting him, is what the old King James says. His motive was evidently not right. This man's motive was to test Jesus, to try and trap him in his words, to get him to say something uh, that was not necessarily what was supposed to happen. And so with that, with that comes the very understanding that what's, what Jesus is going to be doing is talking through this and Jesus is going to be explaining to him what's happening but this is a great question even though this man is misguided even though this man is clearly off the mark this is a question we must all ask ourselves if you're watching this and you've never asked this question what must I do to get eternal life what do I have to do or what should I do what shouldn't I do this is a question that we should ponder You know, thousands of us ask all the time, what should I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? Where will I send my kids to school? What will I do today? But very, very few of us ask the question, uh, or even give it a moment's thought, really, uh, about the salvation of our souls. What happens when I die? And so, you know, we're reminded of Matthew 7. I'm going to quote Jesus here, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads unto destruction and many enter it. But small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And only a few find it. Only a few find it. You know, we should never be ashamed in, in, in any way of asking ourselves the question about our own souls. That is the greatest question. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13 that we are to examine ourselves, 2 Corinthians thirteen five to see whether we are in the faith. So we need to ponder it, we need to think about it, and we should never be content. Even though this lawyer, this, this, this Pharisee, was misguided in his question, it, it, we should seek to have this question answered in our own lives. And if you're a Christian, there are those you are those who one day will receive the promise of God. You will see. You will see the promise of God fulfilled. And you will see God go through, and you will see God do the miraculous. He will save you. He has saved you. He is saving you. But if you're not a Christian, this is the question. Verse 25, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That is a question everyone must ask. And if you're not sure about that, the Bible says all have sinned. All have fallen short of God's glory, but the the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what we know to be true. And so as we come to this, I want you just to see that, and I want you to know that as we do. Second thing I want you to notice is the high honor which he places uh, on, well, I guess more specifically, the high honor which Jesus places on the Scriptures. Did you notice this here? Look at this. It says in verse 26, Jesus doesn't... He refers this lawyer to the scriptures right away. He doesn't play around. He doesn't do mental gymnastics or some academic thing. He said to him, what is written in the law? Verse 26, 1026, Luke 1026. It wasn't, what does the Jewish church say? It wasn't, what does the latest rabbi say? It wasn't any of that. It was simply, what does the scripture say? That's what it is. And so he takes a far simpler approach. And Christian, this is something to be reminded of for us. All matters of faith and practice, all matters of everything we believe and everything we do in our Christian life goes back to this. What does the Bible say? Now, sure, the Bible doesn't say, should you go on a keto diet or should you go eat out at at a restaurant? The Bible's not going to tell you what clothes you should wear that particular day. We know that. That's, That's pretty obvious stuff. But the principle contained in these words is the foundation of everything. Let the Bible, the whole Bible, Everything that's written, nothing but the Bible, be the rule of our faith and practice. But oftentimes that's not the case. The road we may sometimes be on is narrow, and our faith is is tried. But we can't get away from this. It matters nothing about a thing of religion whether whether an ancient guy said it, even those great Puritans we love, or or a bishop, or or a, 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 a patristic father, or or some great pastor said something, or whatever. The question is, and Jesus answers this question, ask him this question, back to him, what does the law say? Jesus is basically saying, what's what's it say in the Bible? What's it say? Can it be proved in the Bible? If not, then it shouldn't be believed. And what does the scripture say? That is the only rule of measure of religious truth. Isaiah 820 says it this way, to the law and to the testimony, says Isaiah, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Christian, you need to be reminded that what we do every week comes back to what we call sola scriptura, the scripture alone. What does the Bible say? Now, in your own life, that goes back to to everything. Have you sought out what the Bible says when making decisions? These are questions we have to answer. Next thing I want you to notice in this this brief opening text here, if if we go on uh, to verse 27, Jesus says to him, you shall love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your uh, soul, and all your mind. Uh, excuse me. The lawyer answers this, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer, got, it. he nailed the answer to the question. It, it, there is no clearer description of a, of a practice day by day than this. What this man answered. This this should not be forgotten. Even though this lawyer this this is, is coming to test Jesus in the parable of the good Samaritan, he also has some truth within him. All truth is God's truth And so for one thing this shows us the privilege of the knowledge that the Jews had back in the Old Testament compared to all the pagan heathen world uh, they were supposed to be light to the Gentiles and it was they were far advanced in this further than you know Greece or Rome uh, back in biblical times. And for another thing this this lawyer's words shows us how a clear-headed person, can have such knowledge of things, but still have a wicked heart. There were teachers I had an undergraduate at a local college here um, who who knew the Bible backwards and forwards. They they literally knew the Bible backwards and forwards, but they did not really live out anything that it li- that it was. There there you know people like this, don't you? They know the gospel. They know Jesus died for them. They know He rose again. They know. Jesus claims to be and is the only way to heaven but they don't want to have anything to do with it because it, it it will require a change in them. So we need to be aware of this kind of religion. We need to be we need to have clear knowledge of God's word in our head like Jesus asked what what's in the law? But but it can be dangerous if it doesn't hit our heart. So our prayer is Lord take that. And and Jesus said in John uh 1337 he said if you know these things happy are you if you do them. Happy are you if you do them. So let's not forget, and, as we enter this parable of the Good Samaritan, to apply what he says. We are to love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. We're going to fail at that. We're sinners. We can't do that perfectly. But we are to do that. That's what we're called to do. And so, but do we love our neighbors as ourselves? Do we love our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Are we striving for those things? I mean, Passages like this should teach us our need for Christ. Because, friend, there's nothing we can do or have done that we can earn our way to heaven. We can't be good enough. You know, there was the rich young man who tried who tried to bring Jesus the, these same questions, and, and he was turned away in sadness because he did not go and sell his goods. Jesus found the idol of his heart. And so in Christ, we have to live, we have to abide, but we need to make sure this isn't just head knowledge, that, Lord, it's it's by your Spirit, heart knowledge for us as well. All right, let's keep going on. Verse 29, and we we kind of pick it up in verse 29. And uh, it says of the lawyer, it's uh, Jesus affirms him in verse 20. He says, and you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But the lawyer wasn't satisfied. He wanted to, it says in, in the New American Standard, it says, but wishing to justify himself, wishing to prove his case, wishing to show that he's doing these things. He goes about and he tries these things. So this is what happens. Jesus picks up the, the main parable. And so these are, of course, words about what we know today as the parable of the good Samaritan, right? We know that this is what happens. And so uh, Jesus is going to get into this, but he answers this question and, 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 and he, and, and the lawyer says, well, who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? You know, if you were back in the 70s and 80s, it was Archie Bunker's neighborhood. If you were, uh, you know, whatever generation you were, it was Leave it to Beaver or, or uh, uh, Family Ties or, or whatever. Some of these older shows. But who is your neighbor? You know, our, our kids have asked that. Who's our neighbor? We, uh, we, you know, we talk about our neighbors in our neighborhood and we drive to another neighborhood. Are these our neighbors? And well, yes, but not really in the housing sense. But in Jesus's sense, yes, they are. Our Lord Jesus answers his question by telling a story. And the object is to show that true kindness and true brotherly love um, is something that is called about by those who really know what eternal life is. If you really know this God, this is what you're going to do. And so we are taught, first off, how rare and how how uncommon it is to have this type of love. I mean, this is a lesson in the parable of the, the Good Samaritan, which should stand out. Our Lord tells us that someone, it says... He fell among robbers. He was going down a road, and they stripped him and beat him. He, You know, these robbers, they, these were crazy roads. I run on country roads, and there are all sorts of animals and dogs running around. But if I was running through canyons, yeah, I would be a little aware of where I was. These are literally highway robbers. And he was left naked. He was left wounded. He was left half dead on the road. And so verse 31 says, and by chance, and by chance, providentially in God's plan, by chance— there was a priest going down who walked on the opposite side verse 31 and verse 32 likewise there was a levite who went down and so these two people who should have known better walked on the opposite side they came traveling they saw the poor wounded man but they gave him no help both men were from they were religious they were uh, they were the top of the top and, and they were too selfish they were too unfeeling, to offer even the slightest bit of help to him. I mean, sometimes, and, and put this in practical terms, sometimes we drive by, don't we, on the highway? Often we drive by people who are stranded on the side of the road, and and, and, and I mean, frankly, I don't always stop. I, I, I can't think of a time recently that I have. Maybe we should. You need to be careful. You need to be safe. But they probably reasoned like themselves like we did, that they they knew nothing of this wounded traveler, that he had perhaps gotten into trouble. They didn't want to see that same trouble. I mean, if they just attacked him, if we try to help him, will we be attacked? They probably just split and ran, you know, in that sense. They had enough business on their mind that they were occupied. They were laser focused to get where they wanted to get. And the result was they both passed on one after the other. And so what does this mean for us? Well, we have a striking description of what is constantly going on in our world. Selfishness is the leading uh, leading cause, descriptor, characteristic, trait, or whatever, of everybody. From the young, You don't have to teach a toddler, even a young baby. Yes, babies are needy and all those things. But even as they age into the, the toddler years, you never have to teach a kid not to be selfish, right? You have to teach them not to be, and that's our goal as parents, is to point them back to the grace of Christ. But that self-sacrificing kind of heart, which cares not what trouble is entailed so long as good can be done, is a grace that is rarely met in this day. There are thousands of people who find no friend or no helper, and there are still hundreds of priests, quote-unquote Levites, who see them and pass by the other side. Christian, this is us. You know, we have to ask ourselves in this coronavirus time, what are, how far we go? We are at a crossroads in a lot of churches. And even in our churches, we pray about the dynamics of because this virus isn't going away, masks aren't going away. And we're not saying those are bad bad things in the sense of protecting people. But for so long, we have been unable to visit people, we want to respect that line, but at some point, we have to be like this Good Samaritan. We have to go out and touch people. Why did countries have hospitals for years? They had hospitals for years because Christians took what Jesus said literally and actually went out and did it. Now, we need to be careful, we need to be safe. Where is that line? We need to pray for wisdom in those situations for sure. But I think this coronavirus has cut out the knees underneath us and how we care for those, especially who are of, of, of disrepute or of disadvantage. And so uh, I want to remind you what the psalmist says, Psalm 62, 5. My soul wait only on God. My expectation is from him. I mean, how thankful we ought to be that the Lord Jesus is not like this man. How thankful we ought to be that he showed us unfailing love, unfailing kindness, and that while we were unpretty and, and selfish, he gave us himself. He literally died on the cross so that we could have eternal life. He didn't walk on the other side. Jesus came and picked us up when we were weakest, and that's what this parable is intended to show on one point. I want you to know. secondly, though, I want you to see here that they are, uh, we are to love our neighbors. And I think this sounds pretty obvious, but uh, what, ha- what did this man do? So a Samaritan comes by, and this is the same one in, in John 4, the Samaritan woman that we are told uh, that, that the Jews had no dealings with. They were the, the former northern kingdom that were taken over by the Assyrians in about 721 BC and and shipped off to the eastern part of the Middle East. and and there were still some and they intermarried and and uh, you know they, they, they were a hodgepodge ethnic group. Yet Jesus spent time with them in John 4, the Samaritan woman. And he actually saw her come to Christ, and so uh, the 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 road from Jerusalem to Jericho, which is where um, uh, the Samaritan man would have come from, was through Jewish territory, and the cases of distress um, would have been cared for by the Jews. But he does nothing of this sort. Uh, like the Jew, excuse me, unlike the Jews, he sees the man stripped of his clothes. He sees him lying half dead. He he he, he has no questions. He just he just says. Go and do it. That's what Jesus says. Go and do it. This man does it. Now, if these words mean anything, a Christian ought to, if you're a Christian, we ought to be ready to show kindness and love to everyone who is in the everyone. Christian, there is no uh, color of skin, there is no socioeconomic class, there is no history. Uh, everyone must have the kindness of us. This is friends, families, relations. We must love all men and be kind to all. Sometimes politics get in the way of this, if we're honest. Sometimes our 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 politics of whatever group we subscribe to get in the way of this. And friend, we we need to remember that God has opened the door to everyone who will come to him. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So regard we should be seek to be a friend of of everyone who's oppressed, who's afflicted, who's sick, who's orphan, who's slave, who's who's pagan, who's starving, who's dying, who's even well off. We should exhibit worldwide friendship. We should be known by that. And no doubt but such a, a friendship we should never be ashamed. This is why racism this is why Uh, just phobias of things is not there. Now listen, this doesn't mean, and and we got to be clear here, this doesn't mean that as Christians we are to open wide the gate so much that we water down what we believe. We believe there is a standard. We believe Jesus is Lord, that He is the only way to heaven. We believe that sin should be dealt with and addressed and confronted and repented of and taken to Christ. But as we do that, we, we show the same kindness. Everyone is welcome in our church, but we are going to call sinners of all stripes, no matter what your background is, to Christ, just as Jesus does here. But we show kindness, we show love as we go about. Now, I want you to notice lastly here in this parable that what, uh, what, what extent we are to do this. We know we're supposed to do it, so let's, let's get practical with this. We're told here in the verse that when the Samaritan saw him, he felt compassion... He bandaged him up, he took him to an inn, and he basically told the innkeeper, verse 35, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. So he took much trouble to help him. He acted, he acted, he he lived out exactly what he felt. He felt compassion and he did something about it. He spared no pains or no expense in trying to take care of this man. This man was a stranger to him. Nevertheless, he went up, he bound him, he put it on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. That was not cheap. That cost money. Maybe even that man's money that he had going to Jerusalem to buy whatever he's going to buy. We don't know anything of his past, but he obviously was well off enough to take care of this man. And the lesson of this part is plain and simple. I think it's so straightforward. The kindness of us as Christians towards others should not be in word and tongue only. This is what James chapter 2 talks about. You know, James 2 reminds us, and I'll go there uh, just quickly. James 2 reminds us that it says, uh, when there's a, a a rich man and a poor man, uh, God says, through James and James two five. Listen, my beloved brothers, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom of God? Verse 3, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing fine clothes, but the poor man, you say, stand over there and sit at my footstool. If, however, James 2.8, you are fulfilling the royal law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. But if you show partiality and you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors, James 2.10, for whoever keeps the whole law, yet stumbles at one point, is guilty of breaking it all. So that's something we need to remember. Is that this man this par- this parable should not be seen merely in talking or or or, or 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 saying I'm a Christian or whatever, but in his acting it, it's in his living his profession is his practice he, he's showing his good works, James chapter two by his faith. he's doing that. he's not ashamed he he should have a a ready ear for the tale of the sorrow he should have a re- ready hand to help and, and this is what is in practice. But how few Christians, and I'm guilty of this as well, are are ever doing these things. What an enormous amount of stinginess and selfishness and suspicion there is in the church today for people who are hurting, not just down and cast, but even among people who go to the Lord's table about each other. And and how seldom do we do this type of work for someone else, with a kind, with a generous, with a liberal, good-natured, except to ourselves and our families. Look, you are to provide for your family, sir or ma'am. You're to take care of those in your, your house, your kids, maybe even by extension your grandkids. But what are we ourselves? We, may we not forget to question our own hearts here. What are we doing, each in our own situation, our own station, our own circumstance, to prove that this parable is happening in our lives? We should be the most generous people in this world look, uh, we have to buy things, things break down uh, in our culture in America, especially uh, transportation is needed. I mean, there's a lot of things we have to pay for, but you know, this is a challenge, even as I'm reading this, to think about our budget at our home. What are we giving to other people? How are we sacrificing? Are we taking the strides to show our kids what it looks like to do this very thing? And, And so what are we doing for those who are not in Christ both here and abroad. I mean, what are we doing to help those who are troubled in mind, body, and spirit? And there are many in this world, and there always will be. There are some even next door to us. You know, this pandemic has shown us that, that hunger is not just something that happens to the poor. It's happening to the rich, or, or quote-unquote, the rich. May God help us answer these questions. The world would be a, a happier place, a better place, if you will, if there's more practical Christianity. And that's what this parable tells us. And he says in verse 37 uh, Jesus asked him, which of these three uh, showed love to his neighbor? Verse 37. And he said, the one who showed mercy towards him. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Now, Jesus is not here promoting, I want to make sure this is clear. Jesus is not promoting any type of work salvation. He's not telling this man, go and be like this Samaritan and you'll get into heaven. Go and And do these things, and you'll inherit eternal life. That's not what he's saying at all. What he's he's connecting in verse 37 is what he he answered, or what the man answered in verses 27 and 28. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you really love God as he says, if you're really seeking him as he is, then you're going to know him in relationship. And again, by extension, you're going to know what he requires of you. That we are to live by faith but and be, be forgiven by faith alone, Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, the people of old were commended, we were saved. How were the people in the Old Testament saved? The same way we're saved today, by faith. Yet through that faith, verse 37, Luke chapter 10, go and do likewise. Christian, this might just be a simple, you know this parable, most of you watching this, I'm not telling you anything you probably don't know. But maybe today in this simple time filling in, kind of last minute for Pastor Nelson, because the video didn't work, maybe this is just a reminder to you that these are things you ought to pray about, think about. If you're doing these things, may God give you strength and endurance to continue. But if you're professing Jesus here with your lips, but you're not doing anything with your hands, do you know Christ? Doesn't mean that, that there might be seasons where that's not possible or looks different, sure. But do you know Jesus? If you do, then you're going to want to have that same compassion. May we, Christians especially, let's take this a little bit deeper. May we have the same compassion spiritually on people as this man did physically with people. Yes, let's serve needs, but let's not forget the greatest need. I've shared this story before, and I'll close with this. Uh, my best friend, Brian Peters, who has been in, who's filled our pulpit a couple times in the six or seven years I've been here most recently in September, uh, grew up in Thailand as a missionary kid. And I remember him telling the story numerous times as we've taught over the years together. That when they lived in the the, the the mountains of Thailand, they would go up with their family and they would help build wells for people. And there's one, if I remember it correctly, and I'll, Brian can correct me if he, he hears this, but there was one time where they went to the hills, they helped the hill country people get fresh, clean water for the first time ever. I mean, fresh water, clean waters. It was a miracle. The, the, the whole village was a buzz, And they laughed the the people were so happy but brian's family needed to get back before dark because of safety and lots of other factors well uh i i think it was brian or one of his siblings said well dad uh we didn't tell him about jesus we we, we helped him get water but we, we we didn't tell him about jesus and his dad knowing what was ahead of them and the trip and the time and the the, the necessary things to get back turned that vehicle around and they went back to that 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 uh group of people and explain to them we're so happy to help you physically we want to help you get this clean water but let me tell you about the living water friend there is a good balance between physical sharing and and helping and spiritual sharing if someone is dying with two minutes left on the street we want to help them physically but at that moment we want to share christ with them intimately and so you pray about that this samaritan not only is a picture of how to help people with loving kindness, but also more so the call on us to be missionaries for Jesus wherever we are, to share the gospel. They won't just know Jesus because of your life, they'll know Jesus because of your life and by, by hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the Word of God. Guys, let's pray together. Thank you again. I'm going to pray for us. We do have church this morning at 10.30 a.m. Uh, out uh, in, in our parking lot and inside. Where we'll be doing the Lord's Supper, socially distant, outside today. Looks like a beautiful day. A little windy, but we'll we'll make it work. Again, let's pray, and we'll close out from there. Father, thank you so much for our time. Thank you for this parable. We know well. I, I think most people who watch this or will watch this later or, or sometime later know this parable. But, Father, we pray that they come to know you first and foremost. That, Lord, you are the Lord, the King, and that your Son, Jesus, came to forgive sinners such as us. Father, there's no amount of good or, or do-gooding or, or trying hard enough that we can ever do to get to heaven. It's all by faith through grace in Jesus Christ alone. So, Father, we thank you as the Scripture tells us that. Father, we pray, though, that you help us practically to live this out and spiritually to live this out, what we've heard. Be with us today. Thank you for our past, uh, associate Pastor Nelson, who's in uh, Colorado serving our country as chaplain. Bless his time this morning, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Guys, thank you so much. Again, thanks for a uh, uh, little switcheroo today. Uh, we will post Pastor Nelson's uh, original pre-recorded video as we can, probably tonight or tomorrow when he gets back in town. Uh, but thank you. We look forward to seeing you. Again, my name is Darren Smith, Tower View Baptist Church. It's good to see you, Jackie, Judy, Rose. I'm sure there are others out there. Thank you so much. Marina, it's good to see you. Hope you're, hope you're uh, keeping that that husband of yours in line. Wink, wink. I'm just kidding. Alan, we're, I'm messing with you. Guys, it's good to see you. Thanks for your time today. Uh, we got to get over to the church, so I'm going to sign off. And if you have any further questions or comments, if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus, drop us a message below, message our page, or uh, go to our website, towerviewkc.com, and uh, uh, we will uh, be able to connect from there. Thank you, Linda. It's good to see you. And again, thank you guys for your patience uh, with our technology this morning. It is what it is, but we've been doing this for a year, so we can figure it out. All right, guys, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.